everybody. How's everybody doing today? Woo woo, so, so glad to be in the house of God today. Um, if you're out in the foyer area, come on in. We're gonna start praise and worship. Come in and grab a seat, say hi to somebody. Everybody stand today. We're gonna uh, worship God together. Let me pray, we'll get started. Thank you, God, for today. We just honor you. We love you, God. We welcome you in this place. God, your name is lifted up today. We've come to glorify you, God. Let our praise unify in this place, God, and just be offered unto you, God, in a brand new, fresh way today, God. We just love you and we thank you for new life, new breath today. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Amen. Why don't you guys go around and say good morning, hello to somebody today.
never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Today, I feel like, I feel like God just wants to speak over you and love on you today. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. Um, I di and I didn't even think until right now that every single song today that we're singing about is His love. Man, and that that is an underlying thing that God is wanting to pour over you today. Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim captivity, and to open up prison doors to them that are bound. Verse 3 says, To appoint to them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. I just, just let that pour over you today. There is a God who loves you so much. He wants to take away every ounce of pain, every ounce of despair, every ounce of disappointment, frustration. He wants to take that from you today. And he wants to give you his joy, his peace, his life. There's so much more in the life of God. There's so much more in him. He loves you so, so much. He gave his son for you because of his love for you. Just let that wash over you today. Just let his love fill your heart, fill that emptiness inside of you, that place that you're longing for something. That's, that's your spirit reaching out to God. You don't know what it is, but that's what it is. You're crying out for more. I need more. I need something. Something needs to satisfy me. And God is here today saying, it's me. Here I am. Just open up your heart today. Receive what he has for you. His love is so infinite for you. You have no idea. God, I just speak over every person here. 
Let their heart be open to your love right now, God. Let them understand. Let them see just a glimpse of who you are to them. Who, God, who they are to you. Fill this place right now, God. Fill this place with your spirit. Fill this place with your love. Overwhelm us today, God, with who you are. Speak to us today, God. We honor you today, God. Thank you, Jesus. We'll sing this together. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind. Come on, let's lift this up. Sing it out. I don't 
together. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb. Come on, sing it out. Coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Come on! There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me.
God, I pray that any insecurities, any doubts, any fears, any anger, any frustration, any heart disappointments, failures, leave right now in the name of Jesus. Be comforted, be overwhelmed, and be filled with the love of God right now. Just let it overwhelm you right now. Let it comfort you right where you are. There's a God who loves you. There's a God who sent his son to die for you. He wants to know you. All it takes is one moment, one single moment of surrender. And your life will never be the same. You will never regret the love of God in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just sing this one more time. To the praise today. Thank you, God. We honor you today, Lord Jesus. We honor you in this place today, God. Amen. Right, good morning. Amen. You guys Amen. can have a seat. Oh, man, that was so good. Um, if this is your first time here, we're glad you're here. My name is Mark, um, and I've got a couple things I want to say. Man, there's so much that was just um, flowing through my mind as Jen was uh, seeing that, the whole worship team was singing that, singing that last song, um, one of which is that um, I am so glad it doesn't depend on us, right? Like, if it depended on me, oh, I'd be hosed, uh, to put it lightly. Um, and then another, a verse came to my mind, um, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, no temptation has seized you except for what is common to man, and God is faithful to provide a way out. Um, and that is so good. Because, um, man, we're all tempted in different areas of our life in different situations, um, but I am glad that he is faithful. Uh, despite me, right? So, um, just so grateful for that. Um, so, in a minute, we're going to receive offering, and as we do that, uh, I want you guys to think of something. Uh, right now, we have about 50 to 60 kids learning about Jesus, and that is so awesome. And we have a curriculum that the staff uses that just really speaks about Jesus and 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 His love for them, and and they use. Bible stories that that lay out the foundation of who God is and, and the and the work He's going to do in His life. And um, I used to volunteer in Hill City Kids, and it's just an amazing ministry to be a part of. So if you have any heart for kids, um, join that. I mean, it's so good. I mean, even if you're just there to help, um, even set up and tear down or whatever it may be, um, it's a really good opportunity for you guys to serve in that area. Um, but I want to talk about giving um, because I think giving is important for a lot of reasons. One, it's just biblical, but two, um, it has a huge impact on the future. And the kids that are in there, 
they are the future. There are future leaders in there, um, and you guys get to be a part of that when you give to that. Um, and so, man, I does anyone have any water? <laughs> I've got Trent. I'm gonna steal some of your water, dude. Thanks. And so, um, as we just get ready to give, um, just know that for those of us who call this home, um, you know, we want we want to encourage you to give. We're, we got short-term mission coming up, so if you have any part of that that you want to be a part of, um, you know, there's some information out in the uh, foyer that you guys can can grab and, and look into. And I think we have a meeting next week, right? Um, so. Just know that you can be a part of, of Hill City Kids, even through your giving, even if you don't volunteer there. Because um, there, there's future leaders in there and, and we can be helping raise those future leaders. Um, we can, um, your giving is gonna be a huge part of raising up future leaders and kids who know and follow Jesus. So we really want you guys to be a part of that. Um, so I'm gonna have the ushers come forward and we're gonna take offering and we'll just pray. Father God, Lord, we just thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. God, we thank you that it doesn't depend on us. God, we thank you that you are faithful um, despite our inaccurate, our no, that's not the right word, <laughs> our, our shortcomings, God. And I pray that you would just help us um, just to rely on you, God, to connect to you, to seek you first, God. God, because without you, we are, we're doomed, God. We, we're going to fall short. And God, so I just pray that you would help us each and every morning to seek you and to trust you, God, even when things are hard. God, to praise you when the times are good. And God, I just thank you for um, unconditional love. We just ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your giving. Good morning. Oh, man, that is dead. Are you guys that sad about the Broncos? Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right on, right on. Welcome to Hill City. Welcome to Hill City. My name is John, if uh, this is your uh, first time, and just glad you're here. We have uh, life groups. We have something called Growth Track, if you want to mature in your uh, walk with faith and want to know what uh, this church is about. And uh, we also have a short-term tr uh, mission trip going to the LA Dream Center at the end of January. So if you want to be a part of that, there's a booklet right outside. You can also connect with us next week. There's a, there's a meeting about it. Um, but we are very excited about a lot of things going on today. And uh, as we know, Christmas season is here. Who's excited? Oh, man. Who's not excited? Right? Stressed out. Some people, some people are not excited about Christmas season. And sometimes we call those people husbands. No, just kidding. I'm just messing, just messing. But it's, it's time to put up the lights. Some of you guys, you, you guys just pulled down your lights because the HOA fine, right? I, I, I remember doing that. Like uh, I used to tell Candace, if we could keep our lights up for two more months, we could make it. We could make it. And then the fine comes. You're like, oh, all right. We're turning this in. But Christmas is coming. You know how I know? Pumpkin spice lattes, right? Everything is pumpkin spice going on uh, the sweaters are being worn and the people are, and you're watching elf on tv right and uh, and husbands i just want to pre-warn you you guys have a whole month to get ready to get your presents so you don't end up at walgreens on christmas eve all right and uh, so i just want to pre-warn you that but there's a lot of business and busyness going on and 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 in this busyness i don't want us to miss out on the richness of christmas 
It's, it's rich. It's more than this, what we, it's more than this like commercialized gift giving, gift getting for some of us. Uh, and it's like this exchange, like, uh, don't, you know, you tell your friends, don't give me a gift because then I won't feel the pressure or guilt to give you one. So we'll just like shake hands, like Merry Christmas, right? And, and, and it's funny because it gets this way. There's a busyness, there's a pressure to it, but, uh, but there's a richness Christmas, there is. It's it's celebratory, yeah, and, and, and it's understanding. We're like, I know Christmas, God's sending his son to save us, forgive us, but it's even bigger than that. Christmas reveals the gospel, and that's just a line that sounds really Christian, like Christmas reveals the gospel. You're like, all right, I heard that, I heard that, and, and the gospel means good news, that God is not done with us, that there is a plan at work for all of creation, and we're all in on it. The gospel is not something Jesus does. We're all in on the gospel. It's way bigger than that. So what I'm going to do today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to describe to you what the gospel is. It's going to be a, 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 an in-depth teaching of, of theology, but it's going to be good, because this is the basis of why you believe. And if you don't understand the gospel, you won't understand uh, so much of why we do what we do, why we worship, uh, why we seek God. I, if you missed last week's message, God is for God, that was beautiful. Please catch that online. Uh, but I'm going to pray and we're going to run into this. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. We love you. We honor you. Right now, there's children and kids uh, and all, all over this place. Just uh, they're, they're, uh, They are uh, decorating foster care bags that this church uh, had uh, provided. And each kid is getting to write a note and decorate a bag for those who are going into the foster care system so that they could have possessions of their own, gifts of their own. And we thank you that we get to be a part of that. Today, we're going to describe what the gospel is, what it's not. And I pray, God, it says there's power in the gospel. And let us understand what that means. And let, uh, I, I pray that your power and your wisdom comes into fruition today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the beautiful music in the background. But for many of us, like we grew up church kids, right? And the word gospel is like, oh, I heard that before, like Southern gospel, right? Is there's like gospel, gospel, Southern gospel. We heard, we get really familiar with the gospel. It's like, all right, the gospel. It's, is that baby Jesus, right? Is that the Christmas play? Uh, I've been part of Bible studies called the gospel of Matthew or Mark. But what if I asked you today, and, the, and this is for all of us, just uh, right here with me. Define what the gospel, what if I asked you to define what the gospel means? What would you say? What is the gospel? Because it's not, it's not that easy that you can just rattle off, that it's not just one word answer, right? And many of us. So we're in the, we're, 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 a, we're we grew up in church, we're part of church, and, 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 and we know according to scripture that the gospel is, is the power unto salvation. But then if I told you, what does, what, define it for me? And it, we'd say, following Jesus? Question mark, right? That voice goes up, following Jesus, Right? forgiveness, like new life, and, and, and these things are true. But when we are forced to define the gospel, it could be very hard to articulate, right? But, it, but it, it's crazy we because we can confuse familiarity with, uh, with understanding. We're like, oh, I'm familiar with it, but we still don't understand it. We can confuse that because if Christmas is good news, yet we can't really explain this news, how can it be good? 
If Jesus is good news, yet we can't explain the news, how can it be good? How can it be good? And so I'm going to move into this. That's what I want to do. When we don't really know the gospel, yet feel familiar with the gospel, we can miss it what God is wanting to do and speak to us, and we can grow apathetic to it because we don't know what it is. And then, it, and, and then this good news becomes normal news or mundane news or no news at all. And so when, uh, then we just start, stop talking about Jesus, like, and then we stop, uh, like, our passion starts to die out because we found, we thought the gospel was something else. And so I want to bring you uh, to this understanding because that's the human condition. No matter how astounding something is, given enough time, we get familiar, we grow weary of it, and the sacred becomes ordinary. I see this in marriages. The sacred, this thing that you sought after so much, you stayed on the phone. You remember when you were first dating and you stayed on the phone way too long? And you're like, you hang up. Uh Uh-uh, you hang up. And you're like, someone hang up, (laughs) right? And it's just this, it's just this, Oh, man, this deep love that we have for one another that turns in, 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 in given enough time, the human condition, when we do not focus on that love, it starts to grow dim. dim. And I, I'm going to give you just an analogy of it. Last year, Candace and I, we got to go to Rome. We're going to put some Rome pictures up, right? Boom, that's me right there with the sunglasses right next to where St. Peter was bur- buried in the Vatican. And that's the Sistine Chapel up there where they, they told me not to take pictures. I took pictures. All right. Oh, yeah. Hey, they didn't catch me. All right. And then, and then there's the Vatican on that side. And that's the Colosseum. And that's Raphael right there. I, I got to see, like, Raph, uh, that's Michelangelo's work right there, Raphael. I saw Leonardo's work and Donatello's work. I saw all the Ninja Turtles' work. All right. So it was, it was a beautiful time. Uh, we had a good time. But I, like, I was there. We were walking the streets. I mean, it's dating back 753 B.C., the city of Rome. I was walking on history, walking on art, and I was so happy. It was, it was so cool. I was like an Asian tourist, all right, because I am one, all right? I am one. So, like, you know, I wore my visor. That was see- No, I'm, I didn't do that. But I was like, had my camera, had my hat on. I was going through. I was taking pictures of everything. The buildings, I was like, look at the buildings, and I was like, look at the streets. Look at, look, at, look at the streets. Look at how the rock is intricate. Look at this church. Well, I went on the double-decker bus. It was fun. Walked the Coliseum. I ate Italian food, and it tasted just like Olive Garden. No, just kidding. It, didn't. it was really, really good. It was different. And I, got, we, I even got to see the Pope, right? I was like, that's the Pope. I, I'm seeing the Pope, right? I wanted to experience everything, and it was crazy amazing. But you know well, who didn't think it was amazing? The people who live there, right? The, the locals. The locals did not think all this was amazing. Well, I was like, they were, I was like, look at this. This is amazing. They're like, annoyed by my joy. I'm like, annoyed. And my wife was annoyed by my joy as well because she had to spend too much time with me saying, look at this. And she's like, shut your mouth, John. Right? Because uh, the locals do not see Rome as the way I saw Rome, right? I, I would, it brought me so much joy, but for them, it was normal, right? It was normal. In, in, and in the same way, at, at one time, people in this room believed the gospel, and you, it turned your life upside down, 
and you, it brought you unexplainable joy that God loves you, that Jesus Christ died for us. It brought us to tears. You could not wait to come to church. You could not wait to tell others or be around others who love Jesus. Or You were hungry to know Jesus, tell other people about Jesus. But given enough time, given enough time, we become gospel locals. And someone else is like, oh, man, I want, I'm coming here for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'll get over that. You'll get over that. And one thing we can never get over is Jesus, the cross, and the gospel. And, 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 and when, you get, when we become gospel locals, then we begin, uh, begin to assume the gospel. I got this, John. I understand it, John. I got it. Don't worry about it. I'm doing fine. I go to church. I watch sermons online. I pray. I read the Bible. I got this. But we can do all the right things and looks like the right things and still miss the gospel life. Then we begin to confuse the gospel. The gospel becomes church, about being part of community, about worship, offering sermons and bagels. And we're like, oh, I thought that's what it was about. See, already, already quickly we can miss it. And then we confuse it long enough and we lose it. And the gospel no longer is your mission, your treasure. And here's how we can tell if we have lost the gospel. Do you know what happens when you lose the gospel of Jesus? We lose the joy of knowing God. We lose the joy of knowing God. That's how we know we don't have the grip of the gospel in our life. Jesus becomes more of a chore. Church can become drudgery. And loving others can become optional. Oh, I'm not feeling it right now. I'm sure, and I was like going to say, I'm sure Jesus wasn't feeling it on the cross for you either, right? Ooh, right? But I'm just telling you, we, we, we want to feel it. Like, I'm feeling the gospel. I'm good now. And, 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 and I'm telling you, when we lose the gospel, we forget what God has done, who he is, what he's doing, and our role in all of this. This is all found and captured in the gospel, so today I want to clarify this, and I hope that God grips our hearts and minds and that we ask God if we feel that joy is lacking, that we, you can't, you can't just make joy up. You're like, oh, I'm going, to be, I'm going to choose to be joyful. I see those signs, I choose to be joyful today. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, oh, I'm choosing, like, I'm a rotten person. I'm going to just choose to be joyful. I'm like, you're going to be joyfully rotten, right? I'm, I'm like, something has to go on on the inside. God has to do some work for joy to act actually take place in our life where things don't shake us so easily i love what uh the the preacher said last week happiness is not joy you if you can be happy all you want until someone just hits you in the face then your happiness is gone right joy is something altogether different that it carries with you that does not change depending on circumstance and i want us to find joy in the gospel it's something completely different so today uh, there's four parts of the gospel. There's God, there's humanity, there's Christ, and our, and our response. So if you have your Bibles, please go to 1 Corinthians 15. All right, we believe in the Word of God because the Word of God reveals Jesus, and Jesus changes our lives. And I'm going to go right into this. Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote 1 Corinthians. He's, he's writing to a young church, and this is one of the most dysfunctional churches, right? This place is dysfunctional. They're dealing with sexual issues, like some dude is sleeping with his mom, right? And we're like, oh, you think, you think our church is crazy. No, this church is crazy, right? And, and there's dealing with lawsuits. There's straight-up craziness, much like our lives today, really. 
And they get off track. People got off track. And Paul is pointing them back. Remember, this is not it. All this, these things, don't, don't make everything religious. Like, come back to what the gospel is. And that's what Paul is doing here. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-5, he says, Now I will remind you guys. I'm trying to remind you. I'm trying to bring you back of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received, which in which you stood by which you are being saved, if you hold fast the word I preach you, unless you believe in vain. For I delivered to you of first importance. This is the main thing, Paul's saying, what I also received, this gospel. That Christ died for our sins, accordance with scripture. We're going to talk about that. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, accordance with scripture. And he appeared to Cephas, also known as Peter, right? Then to the twelve. So number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. The gospel tells us about God. And at this time, Trent is going to come up and he's going to speak to us. Hey, good morning, guys. <clears throat> so there's this really amazing Mexican restaurant back home in Dallas where I'm from. And uh, yeah, go Texas, go Cowboys. Um, <laughs> I know all you Bronco fans, um, but it's, it's so good. The sauce is amazing, fresh tortillas, great chips, uh, and it's just, I love this place. I, I, everybody I tell goes there, I'm like, you, you have to go try it out. But how disappointing would that be if you go to this restaurant expecting such amazing food, and then you were served Taco Bell? It'd be so disappointing. And so I think sometimes in the church, it's kind of the same way. Uh, we think it's, it's so great. We think we're doing everything right. But we haven't truly grasped the gospel. It's something so fake sometimes. And so what I'm wanting to go back to is in two points, we're going to talk about the gospel shows us who God is and the gospel shows us who we are. So I want to go to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2 again. So read that with me. It says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. So this is something that we have received for a lot of us. Um, some of us might still be in that process of contemplating, is this truly something I do believe in? But for many of us, it's something we've received. But we have lost sight of what that truly is. And the gospel is something we have to keep going back to daily. So it's not something that is one and done. Sanctification is a process. Every single day, waking up, saying, God, again, I want this good news in my life. And so we have to know who God is. So a couple things. God is the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. And in Revelation, it talks about this multiple times, that God is the beginning and God is the end. And we can have confidence in that because we know the beginning of the story, but we also know the end. And so that will go into who we are as well. We also know that God is the creator. So that goes back into Genesis and that he made us in his image so that we are like God. God is holy. He's just. He's righteous. And so God made us like that. And so in the beginning, it was perfect. He was in the garden and he was able to walk with Adam and Eve, but something changed. So God is holy. God, God is perfect. And so in order to be around us, we must be holy as well. And so that's why when Adam and Eve sinned and when we sinned, it separates us. And so that's why we go back to the gospel for Christmas. And finally, God is just. It talks about that in Deuteronomy, telling us about how all his ways are just and that he is without iniquity, that God is righteous.
So therefore, God cannot be around sin. So when God made Adam and Eve and he walked in the garden with them, he was, he was able to be with them because they were in his image and they were holy. But a big thing was God gave us a choice and God made a plan. So this plan was God created us to be with him. He wanted us to be true to him. He wanted us to trust him and he wanted us to treasure him. So true trust and treasure. These are all things that focus on God. And so if we abide in these ways, we'll have abundant life. So I love how last week we, we heard Matt Chandler and he talks about joy and that joy is found in Christ. But without that, again, we just rely on happiness and that's temporary. So God loves us and he gave his, his, his life for us, but ultimately in the beginning, he gave us life. And so, in, essentially, we are in debt to him already. And so, uh, he wants us, again, to place him above all else. Because we, we owe him everything. And so, uh, I, I think it's really interesting when you go and you read Genesis, you, you, God created all of this stuff for him, but for Adam and Eve. Adam's able to name all the animals and spend time, and it's an amazing place. But God inserts something that's so crucial to where we are at now, and that's the tree of life and the knowledge of good and evil. So, so why does he put that there? And, and something that if you come to realize, you, you don't really get true worship or love from a robot. I, like you, If someone made a robot that said good things about you every day, sure, that'd be nice for a little while. Alexa, yeah, ask Alexa, and Alexa's going to tell you something nice. But it's not really genuine. And so it's only when we have a choice is that love really true. Is that love really real to us and ultimately to God? And so God didn't make us as robots. He gave us a choice. He gave us free will. And so ultimately, that's how sin was introduced because we decided to disobey. And so that was betrayal to what God had given us with life. So not, we know who God is, and we know how that affects us. And so now we look and see the gospel shows us who we are. So we choose now what we think is best, not what God thinks is best. That's why we are in debt. That's why we've betrayed, and that's why sin has entered the world. And so when looking at that, we are trusting ourselves we are treasuring ourselves, and we're being true to us. And, and it's easy. It's, it's definitely easy. I, I look at my own life, and it's a lot of times it's going to be easier to take the way that is more beneficial to myself. It doesn't require sacrifice. And so what that is, it's that's pride. Pride is the root of all evil, thinking that we are above ourselves. And so it goes back to how this plan was made for us, and we have choose, chosen to forget God's plan, saying, I don't want that. And I, I think I, I can trust myself in my 21 years of life. I'm smarter than uh, an, an infinite being because I think I can understand more. And, I, I mean, I don't know... I, I'm a newer millennial generation, and growing up, I, 
I wasn't really taught how to write a check. And so my, I couldn't find my debit card, and I needed to pay my bills. And if, if I didn't have my phone, I wouldn't have been able to Google how to write a check. <laughs> so, I mean, and I, I can't even trust myself in my own ways. And so we, we've betrayed this trust that, that God has, has given us life, and we've betrayed this. And so I, I want to give you an analogy. Um, I, I've just finished up my lease with my apartment, and I, I'm moving out. And so now it, you don't realize how, like, just, like, messed up the apartment gets. It's, like, all dirty. Um, looking through the apartment, and then there's, like, holes in the wall, and so you have to patch them up. And I was looking at the carpet, and I asked my roommate, I was like, was it gray when we moved in? <laughs> He's like, no, it was white. <laughs> And so, like, all this stuff, trying to get it ready, we're trying to, like, scrub the carpet, patch the wall, clean the house, and it's never going to be how it was. We we can't wash the carpet enough. We can't patch every hole in the wall without it being noticed. And in the same way, we try to do the same thing for our life. We try to patch the holes in our lives. We try to fill those voids. And we, we try to scrub everything clean. And we're like, well, I can figure this out. Uh, I'll, I'll just keep working hard. I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm not going to sin anymore. And that's not how it works. And so in, in what the gospel is to us, it centers around Christ. He came to us to give us life. And even though we've betrayed that, God still loves us. And so that is going to be the next point um, that, that John's going to continue on. But I, I want you to remember that we cannot be, be true to God, trust God, and treasure him in our own strength. We cannot fix it ourselves. We have to find that strength in something outside of ourselves, and that's what the gospel is. It's a good news because we're inadequate. It's a good news because we messed up. It's a good news because God is the one that is the good news, and he's the one that's going to clean us and, and be able to, to really make us new. We can't do that ourselves. Give Trent a hand, guys. I love what he says. The gospel is about God, right? And he says, uh, and, and, and the gospel is about us. So if you're looking and someone says, when, says the word gospel, it's about God, it's about, it's about us, Right? And it's about Christ and it's about our response. And so I love that it's about God. Just we have to understand who God is first, right? If God is the creator of everything and we sin against him, it's not like breaking a lease and like not cleaning up your, your apartment good enough. It, it is like a slap in the face where God says, I have given you everything. Just don't touch that tree. Because I want you, because I want you to have a choice and I want you to trust my word that this thing is gonna kill you. I want you to treasure me above what you think this can be. And then what we do is we come along with our free choice and we do the exact opposite. Just imagine if you are creator God creating everything, you made everything beautiful and you gave it, go ahead, Gino, this is all yours. Just don't touch this. I just want you to learn to trust me on that. And that's why he puts the tree in the middle of the garden where Adam and Eve is walking by it every day, making a choice. I choose God and I choose to trust his word every single day. And of course, they trust themselves over God. 
And so, uh, so number three, God tells us about Christ. And I'm going to read verse three to five again. For I deliver to you first importance that Christ died for our sins according to Scripture, and he was buried, and he was raised on the third day according to Scripture, and he appeared to Peter and the twelve. So Christ died, he was buried, he rose from the dead. People saw him according to Scripture. What does that mean, according to Scripture? That's a, why do you say that twice? Anytime you read the Bible and it says things twice, that means pay attention right here. This is what I mean. This is what I want you to see. The, it, the scripture is talking about the Old Testament uh, of uh, sacrifice and laws. So God made a way for us to be with him again through laws. Who likes laws and rules, right? Ooh, I want some more rules. I like that, right? So if we understand, but I, I want to break this down why God made rules, right? Why God said, I, I need this to be done. So if we understand God is holy and there's consequence to sin, and it must be paid. It's not like God is just cool with it. Oh, you know, I'm just cool with that, right? You can, you can be sinful even though, you, even though I created all this for you. You can continue not to choose me. God is not like that. He's not our homeboy. This is God, creator God. And our mindset has to be different as Christians. As American Christians, we can be so casual about who God is. But according to the Bible, God is holy. God is just. God is righteous. And we are not. And when we are not... It, it, the laws were there because it says our sin causes death. So Jesus, so God brings in the sacrificial system, teaching us how to treasure and trust God again, just like right, right back in the garden. Don't touch that tree. Trust me. Treasure me. And then he brings the laws, and it teaches us in an even harder way to trust and treasure God. Right? And this system says sin against God requires death because you wronged our creator. But God wants to be with us. So he makes a way. Either, either this animal dies for your sin or you will die for the sin. But something has to cover sin. Something has to pay for sin. But this, this, uh, this sacrifice, it has to be costly and it has to be innocent. It can't just be like in this agricultural, uh, uh, agricultural culture. That sounds funny, agricultural culture, right? In this agricultural time, the, the w animals were your wealth, right? And so God is saying, I want them to be innocent and costly. I don't want your junk. You're like, this thing's about to die. Let's sacrifice it to the Lord. <laughs> it's, it's like the, he has one leg left moving. You're like, all right, this is unto you. I love you so much. Forgive me. No, no, no. It has to cost you. It has to be innocent because it's not their sin that was dying for this animal. God's trying to signify what's about to happen. And then it has to be costly, right? It can't be defect. It can't be dying. It has to cost you. It has to cost your wealth. It has to cost your values. And, 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 and the sacrifice, official uh, culture was foretelling Jesus' sacrifice, fulfilling this system, all right? Because he was innocent, just like this animal. He died for something he didn't do. We were wrong. He obeyed God. We were sinful. He was perfect. We were totally guilty, and he was entirely innocent. His life was costly to God the Father. There was nothing more valuable than his son. And so this cost was monumental. This wasn't like, oh, yeah, I can just do that. That's easy. No. This was at a deep cost to God himself to come after us. And then three days later, he was resurrected by the power of spirit, and showing that this sacrifice was acceptable to God, accomplishing God's plan from creation, bringing us back to there, dealing with our sin and fulfilling scripture so that God could be with us through the work of Jesus. That's why Jesus is, that, it's so hard to explain just Jesus. Oh, Jesus is good. He died for you. If we don't understand that there's a sacrificial system and we deserve death, Jesus' goodness is not that good. 
So we have to know the whole plan of God for why it's good. And that's why I'm giving you this information because Christmas is not good if we don't know the whole information. Like, oh, yeah, Jesus died for me. That's cool. No, it's, it's way more than that. We deserve death, and he covered it with his innocence, and it costed God. Number four, the gospel and our response. This is the main thing I want to speak to you about. 1 Corinthians 51 and 2. Now I want to remind you, I know you heard this, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, which you stand, and by which you're being saved. Hold fast to it, what I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. And I want to say that right at the end, unless you believe in vain. So you could believe and still be in vain. It, it could, you could believe and still be worth nothing, just straight up. <laughs> According to scripture, we can come to church, but some of us in this room will turn away from God, hardcore. It might be me, man. I'm just throwing it out there. It might be me. We, we like to say, oh, all of us are safe. All of us are good. According to Scripture and to the people who faded away, Judas was one of the closest to Jesus. Right? And there's other people in the Bible that faded away from Jesus. So if we feel so secure in ourselves of how good we are, it might be you. It might, we might believe in vain, it says. And so they're going to put up the Scripture up there. So the gospel I preach you must be received right? It must be received. It's more than being a good person, more than coming to church. There must be a reception, right? And, 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 and receptions are something that Broncos are not good at right now, right? So, so there's the gospel in my hand, and it must be received. Some, you got to catch it, and then it says you got to stand on it, and you got to hold on to it. It's just like being in the end zone. Throw that back at me, right? You got to, oh, man, that was, all right, geez, Simeon, all right? So you're on the end zone. You can't, you have to stand on it, and you got to hold on to it. You can't just step over and do it. You, just like the end zone. You got to stand. You got to hold it, right? I won't throw it at you guys. I hit someone in the eye, right? But there has to be a reception of the gospel. It has to be received. It just can't be just understood like, that's cool, that's cool. No, you got you to gotta take it in. You got to grip down on it, trusting and treasuring Jesus by receiving this gospel. Now, what does this response require of us? Because good news that does not demand a response is not that good. I'm just telling you. If I gave you a million, like, oh, you won the lotto, I'm going to give you a million dollars, but you don't receive it or respond to it, like, it wasn't that good, right? It's true, right? It's like, it's like when I first kissed my wife, and I wish that, I, I hoped in my mind she'll kiss me back. It's like, you shall receive my kisses, right? But that might be really spooky. I shouldn't have said that. Can you imagine telling your girlfriend, you will receive my kisses, that's, that's, that's why she has problems like that, right? I got problems, all right? But it has to be received, right? And it's an ongoing reception. If you can make one catch, but you can't catch the next one, the next one, you're still not that good of a receiver. You're still third string. You're still Brock Osweiler, right? See, it's an ongoing response of faith. You receive it by faith through Christ. You stand on it by faith through Christ, which you are being saved, which you are, and it keeps saving you. Say, it keeps saving me. It's not a one-time deal. It's a continuous saving as we stand on it. God's starting to save you and work through you. It keeps saving you. It, you continue in it. You continue to receive it. On your worst days and on your best days, you continue in it, trusting the work of Jesus in your life. You hold on to it. You grip down to it unless you believe in vain. And I want to tell you that part because many people would take out that part unless you believe in vain. But, it may, but there's some of us in this room that we will believe 
in vain. And that is a scary place. And I just want to tell you, because I would love to say that everyone's cool, everyone's all right. We go to church and Jesus high fives us, right? No. Some of us, man, if we don't receive it, we don't stand on it, we don't grip down on this, we will believe in vain. It will be all for naught. And that's a scary place. But if we hold on to it, we receive it, and we stand on it, that's the Christian life. That's Christmas. It's the gospel continuing to transform us. It's not a one-time deal. If you are, we're, mm, if your kids stopped growing at the age of two, you would say something's wrong. Isn't that true? But when we stop growing in faith at the age of two years, we're like, that's cool. That's how we are. That's how I am. That's my faith. And we're like, okay, that's cool. No, it's not cool. It's not. I can stand from here. If our, our faith is not continuing to grow, it's not cool. It's not good. It's not good. There is a deficiency going on. There's something wrong with our soul. And I'm not saying everyone grows at the same speed. Everyone's the same thing. No, if we're stopping the process of how God is moving with us, it's not good. It's not good. No, because we know it should continue to transform us. Because knowing God is everything. See, and, and like Trent said, our response, now you're sitting here like, oh, I better be good. No, it's not about our goodness either. It's not about our, like, being good, just like I told you about joy. Like, I'm going to be joyful now. No, joy doesn't happen that way. Oh, I'm going to have the more, more gospel now. It doesn't happen that way. It's not, we're not being good or trying harder so God will bless us or nor not strike us down. Obedience, uh, like, then if we are obeying for God's blessing, then it's just a paycheck of grace, right? And no one's joyful for their paycheck. You're not, some of us are. We're young, right? But no one's, like, no one's like, yeah, I got a paycheck. No, you earned that paycheck. You aren't going to be extra joyful for that paycheck. What if they took a deduction out that was too big? You're like, huh? Right? You get mad, right? In the same way, loving God, worshiping God, coming to church is, is not, is not your, your earning salvation. It's not a paycheck. There's no joy in that. And so what happens when life gets hard if you think you're owed something, right? We get mad at God when life gets hard. We get mad at God because I deserve more, God, right? I deserve better. Don't you know what I did for you? That's religion. That's not following Jesus. If he is creator of all things, right, that's not following Jesus. That's not trusting or treasuring God in hardship. Let's get back to the gospel, the story of God and of us and what he's doing and Jesus, what he has done and our response to this. See, if we truly believe that creator God, that God has created all things and he gave this creation to us and, and, and he loves us, then all of life is grace. It's all grace. If we believe that everything that we have in life comes from God, then, all, then our life itself, the breath that we breathe, the people that we're surrounded by, it's all grace. I earn none of it because I can't earn the love of Jesus. I can't earn the cross of Jesus. I can't earn creation. So it's all grace. It's all grace. And when you live life like this is all grace, you live very differently. There's a joy about you. You're like, I can't believe I woke up today. 
right? I can't believe I have the job that I have today. I can't believe I'm sitting in this church on these hard metal chairs. Praise God, right? And it's not a fakeness. No, you look at life differently in the view of the gospel that Christ is so good that he would give us this life and we're captured not by things that are momentary and fade away in our happiness. No, there's an ongoing joy because the creator of the world loves us. He's for us. Man, that's the gospel, and it changes everything if we can grip onto it. Don't be gospel locals when you're so used to this story. And what we need to do, if all life is grace, and I know that I don't deserve anything, I can't earn this, then we got to say, you know, if you gave your life away, I'm going to give my life away. If, you, if, you, if this is all yours, then thank you for the gift, but I'm going to use it for you then. There's a beauty in that. And, and if today, let's stand up. And the guys are going to pass out the communion today. If we need to repent because our heart has drawn cold, that's something you, can, you have to do. It's not going to be my excitement that's going to get you there because I cannot change you no matter how cool I am. And I'm not that cool, right? I can't change you. I can't fix you. I can't give you joy. But you know, I, what I know is the gospel can. When you get a grip of what God is doing, you want to be in on it. And that's the Christian life. It's very different from, I believe in Jesus. It's very different from just religion. It's gripping on to that all life is a bonus and that the creator God loves me. I cannot even believe it. I look at my wife sometimes and I say, I can't believe that's my wife. Look at my face, man. I mean, you look at me, you look at how awesome Candace is. I'm, you're like, I can't believe it either, John, right? But that's understanding the gospel there. It's understanding that we deserve none of this, but God so loved the world that he gave his very only, very best, his only son. And as we believe in him, not in ourselves, not in our good doing, not in our earnings, man, we will be granted eternal life in Christ because he is the coverage of us getting back to God because he treasured and trusted God. And when we are treasuring and trusting Jesus, we are right back in relationship with him. Let's close our eyes for a moment. If you're in this room and you need to repent, man, just do it. Just take a step towards it. Say, God, you know what? I've been depending on my joy in my, in my earning it, trying to be good, trying to try to put myself back together. Man, don't try any of that. Instead, say, you know what? I'm going to be empowered by the gospel. It's going to be the gospel that works in my life. It's going to be the gospel that brings my life towards you. It's going to be the gospel that's going to be the power of my joy. The way I love people is not going to be how I love people because it's going to be my, the way I love people is not enough. It can't change people. But when I love people through the understanding that God loves me and God's for me, he made a plan for my life, and I'm going to be with him forever, then that's a different way to live. Ask God to transform you. Don't transform yourself. In doing so, you will find joy in the full life the Bible speaks about, life abundant of beauty, his glory. And it's the life that you desperately need. It said in the, in the New Testament, Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And I like to break it in my hands because it signifies that this sacrifice, think of the, the sacrifice. And if we think of this as Christ, it was broken for us. It was God's very best and he was broken. 
And he said, this is my body that was broken for you so that you wouldn't be broken. And as we take of this in the future, let it remind you of what I have done. Let's take this together. On that same night, he took a cup. And he said, this cup represents my blood that's spilled for you for a new covenant. And then the new covenant just represents that no longer are we covered by old ceremonial laws, but Jesus is the fulfillment of it. I'm fulfilling all of that for you. And when you find yourself in me, you are right with God, not because of your righteousness, but because of mine. And as we think of Christ, that his life was spilled out for ours, covering ours, that is the beautiful life that we get to live. And it's a bonus that we get to live this life. And when we think of it that way, it will change the way you live. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup together. Heavenly Father, we love you. I can't believe you would love us back, even though we have defiled ourselves and we have hurt you, God. And we continue sometimes to live in sin. All of us, God. There's no good. There's no one good in this room. We are all on the same plane of needing Christ so bad every single day. I pray when we identify with that, understand where we stand and that you cover us and you love us. Wow, how beautiful life is, God. I pray the gospel would be so clear and let it change our lives daily as we hold on to it, as we receive it, and as we stand on it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. If you need to re-listen to that message, listen to it again. Listen to it again. Get that gospel in your heart. Because Christmas is the gospel. God bless you guys.